0: August 22nd. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 18 through 40. Why go to church? Well, God's people assemble for one purpose, that is to worship God. They worship Him by their praying and singing, uh, teaching and preaching. Worship should result in glory to God and blessing for God's people, and fear and conviction for sinners who might be present. But for these things to happen, Jesus Christ must be Lord of our lives, and we must yield to the Holy Spirit. If we come to church to display our spirituality, we'll not only miss the blessing ourselves, but also cause others to miss the blessing as well. See, We come to honor Him, not show ourselves off. A key word in this chapter is edification, which means building up. A worship service should lift up the Lord and build up the saints, not puff up the participants. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 22nd, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 18 through 40. I, Paul, thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in a church meeting, I would much rather speak five understandable words that will help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature and wise in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the Scriptures, I will speak to my own people, through unknown languages, and to the lips of foreigners. But even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting and hear everyone talking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying, and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin, and they will be condemned by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be laid bare, and they will fall down on their knees and worship God, declaring, God is really here among you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize what I am saying. When you meet, one will sing... Another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in an unknown language, while another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must be useful to all and build them up in the Lord. No more than two or three should speak in an unknown language. They must speak one at a time, and someone must be ready to interpret what they are saying. But if no one is present who can interpret, They must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three prophesy, and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can wait their turn. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the other churches. Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions to ask, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Do you think that the knowledge of God's Word begins and ends with you, Corinthians? Well you are mistaken. If you claim to be a prophet, or think you are very spiritual, you should recognize that what I am saying is a command from the Lord Himself. But if you do not recognize this, you will not be recognized. So dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order.
1: I want you guys to think about something. Worship is not music. Worship is not songs. Those are expressions of worship. Worship cannot be confined to a box. Worship is simply our connection to Him. That's it. This one thing, the songs, the dance, the painting, the singing, all of that are expressions of worship. They're expressions that flow out of that place. But worship, simply put, keeping it out of the box is just this connection that we have to God. I want to see happen in the church corporately, in worshipers. I'm talking about everyone. I'm not talking about people playing instrument and sing. I'm talking about everybody, the church, the worshipers. This is, in this reformation that we are in, this progressing revival that we don't want to end, worship has a place in that. And worship has to grow. It has to change. It has to move forward and progress. This is what happens to us. We go through our week and we have life. We have jobs, we have kids, we have families, we have friends, we have our bad days, our good days, we have school, we have lots of things going on. And then we come to church on Sunday and we say, okay pastor, okay worship team, get me connected again. Imagine what would worship be like if everyone corporately came in already connected ready to go, saying, I don't need a song to get me connected again. I don't need anyone to do anything to conjure something up inside of me, because I fought all week long for this connection, because it is the most important thing in my life. How amazing would worship be? How much deeper could we go? How, what would, what would it be like? We all have this well inside of us. It is our job and our responsibility to keep it full. Full does not equal to the rim. Full equals overflowing. There's a constant pouring in and a constant pouring out. And whatever I got to do to keep that well filled, that's what I'm going to do. Say you, you go to a conference and you get revved up, you get refreshed, you get renewed, you get something restored in you something gets jolted awake and you come home and you're like all right things are going to change and you just you set out your, your goals for your week and this is what happens you start doing it and maybe you get bored or maybe you don't have some crazy encounter and we start to detach and become disconnected and we pull back further and then here we are we're waiting for sunday to reconnect or if you don't really enjoy your worship at your church, you're just waiting for the next conference. Where is it going in my week? What's happening to that? What's happening? And keeping that connection alive, this is what it looks like at any moment. I can go to the grocery store, and I can be standing in line, and I can stop what I'm doing right there, and I can worship Jesus with all that is within me, with all the passion inside of me, right then and there, because this connection is alive. This is the key, having an unoffended heart. It is an amazing thing to be able to come to God and say, God, you know what? I don't need the answers because more than I want answers, I want you.
0: Psalm 37, verses 30 through 40. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him In Hebrew, be silent to God, and let him mold thee. Keep still, and he will mold thee to the right shape. Trust the Lord to do that. Rest in the Lord. You know, restlessness is an evidence of unbelief. Faith rests in the Lord and enjoys the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. God sometimes waits in answering prayer so that he might strengthen our patience. We need to wait on the Lord. May I ask you, for what are you waiting? The inheritance God has for you. The wicked have only temporary pleasure on earth, but God's people have eternal treasure in heaven. You will one day receive your inheritance, so be patient. Psalm 37, verses 30 through 40. The godly offer good counsel. They know what is right from wrong. They fill their hearts with God's law, so they will never slip from His path. Those who are evil spy on the godly, waiting for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed, or let the godly be condemned when they are brought before the judge. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Travel steadily along His path. HE WILL HONOR YOU, GIVING YOU THE LAND. YOU WILL SEE THE WICKED DESTROYED. I MYSELF HAVE SEEN IT HAPPEN, PROUD AND EVIL PEOPLE, THRIVING LIKE MIGHTY TREES. BUT WHEN I LOOKED AGAIN, THEY WERE GONE. THOUGH I SEARCHED FOR THEM, I COULD NOT FIND THEM. LOOK AT THOSE WHO ARE HONEST AND GOOD, FOR A WONDERFUL FUTURE LIES BEFORE THOSE WHO LOVE PEACE. BUT THE WICKED WILL BE DESTROYED. They have no future. The Lord saves the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them. Rescuing them from the wicked, He saves them, and they find shelter in Him. Proverbs 21, verse 27. God loathes the sacrifice of an evil person, especially when it is brought with ulterior motives.